Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. Welcome everybody to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast. This is Conversations with Coaches, and I'm here with Coach Amy, Allie, and Ryan. And this week, we are moving into a new month of content where we're going to be talking about creating powerful fuel. I'm so excited about this week and or this month. We've got some great podcast guests coming. We're doing a three-part series on um, grief and the grief of COVID and all the and the grief that athletes experience uniquely, both with COVID and out of it. And then um, a, a piece on perfectionism with um, an expert on it. But before that, you just get us. And we are super excited to talk with you about this idea of creating powerful fuel. So, um, Allie, why don't you lead us off with talking, just explaining what this whole topic is about? Okay, so your emotions actually drive every action that you take. And so, in general, your emotion is most likely going to give you energy towards your actions or it's going to take away energy from your actions so like if I have a goal of being able to do a routine how I feel is going to generate the actions that are going to help me reach that goal and so if I have a bunch of emotions that are going to take away energy that's typically not the emotion that I want to be choosing I want to be choosing ones that are going to be giving me energy but in order to do that you have to know how to process an emotion because a lot of times we have the negative ones in quotes that are like taking the energy away and we like to pretend like they're not there. And then they get bigger and bigger and bigger and they keep getting bigger until they explode while we're pretending at the same time to have these positive ones that aren't actually generating enough fuel to overtake those negative ones. So long story short, we are going to help you process the emotion so that you can actually feel it and then decide if it's one that you want to continue to have, if it's giving you energy, taking away energy from your goals, and then be able to create whatever emotion that you want from there. So the idea is, is that your emotion is going to give you the energy and fuel everything that you're actually doing. And that's why they're so important. Yeah. And as in the world of sports, I think in our society in general, but specifically in the world of sports, um, we're really taught that there's only a small number of emotions that are acceptable and allowable. And um, our emotional experience then is really limited. Um, and so we, we don't know how to experience our emotions. And so we're going to spend a lot of time the rest of this month talking about that and why that's a problem and, and how to fix it really. Um, but the reason to do it is one, to live a better human life, <laughs> a more healthy human life, but also because you can't just turn off negative emotions. You also then disconnect from the positive emotions as well. And so then your emotional experience of life becomes very, very limited. And so two problems with that. One, your emotional experience of life is very, very limited. That's an awful way to live. Two, the second part of it is your emotions are your fuel for everything you do. And so when you cut off all of your positive emotions, you're cutting off all of the fuel to take all the actions you want to be taking towards your goals. 
And so we're going to spend today really focusing on that idea of, of generating this positive fuel, generating the fuel that you need and why it's important. But before we talk about that, Amy, I know that you have a lot to say about kind of this like monochromatic experience where it's just very, you don't experience the negative emotions, but you also don't experience the positive emotions, especially in your sports career. You want to share with us? Well, I was hung up on the word monochromatic. My head's going, what? What is that? You're <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> like I love it. One color gray. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, yeah. So one of the things that you said is we um, you made the comment that it's a horrible way to live when you have a very limited amount of um, emotional experience. And my first reaction was, but we don't know that. We don't know that we're only living in a little limited um, amount of emotional life, because what Stacy I think is referring to is. Um, when I was an athlete, when I was a competitive athlete, I can say that I, I really believed at that time, I was very happy. If you talk to coaches, they're like, she was just happy, right? I was a very, I'm a very naturally happy person. Um, but now learning what I've learned now, I realized my range was very small because I wasn't willing to, um, I wasn't willing to feel emotional pain. It was actually looked down upon to feel emotional pain. And all I wanted was a coach's attention. So to get a coach's attention, you had to essentially look like you were okay at all times. When you were upset or negative or in tears, it, that's not going to get a coach to want to work with you. So we learned at a very young age to push away, resist, avoid negative emotions, not knowing that that also made it so that when we won, when we stood up on that podium and got gold medals, as much as I want to say that was super fun and I was very happy, I can look back and go, was it? Like, did I feel very excited or was I just up there because that's the next thing? So one thing that I do know right now in my life, I have a much larger range of emotions on both ends because I'm willing to experience the negative. It's made it so that the positive, the joy, the satisfaction, um, the content, the validation, those are all much deeper for me now. And so I may have looked very happy and I may have believed I was very happy, but without feeling the negative, you have no reference for the positive. So hopefully that helps coaches to understand too, when their kids are being a little, <laughs> my mom told me, she goes, Amy, I just remember one time you were crying and you had put your nose to the wall at gym. And I'm like, really? I don't remember that. Wow. But I can, mm -hmm. but I can definitely see why I was quick to see other people at competitions crying and thinking that's weird. Why would they do that? You know, your coach isn't going to work with you if you're acting like that. I mm -hmm. learned at a young age that that wasn't acceptable. Yeah. So, yeah. We and had a drinking fountain. Go ahead, Allie, what? I was just going to say we had a, um, the drinking fountain area. We had like kind of two gym areas and the drinking fountain area was in the middle. And if you cried, you would just go to the drinking fountain area and cry so that nobody saw Oh yeah. And just like get it out and then you would go back. So we actually called that like the cry corner. <laughs> I putting your nose to the wall totally just reminded me of that. It was like, okay, we're stressed or frustrated, whatever emotion it is, we can't show it. So we're going to go to the cry corner quick, get it out and then come back. Well, and I have to be fair to my coaches. They are amazing. They're amazing coaches. I don't want to make it sound like they weren't amazing. Yeah. Yeah. As coaches, they're amazing, but definitely the tears would run with the, with the water fountain. That's for sure. That's the only <laughs> acceptable or in the bathroom, in the stall. If you're going to cry, you had to go to the restroom really quick. Yeah. So, and I think as coaches, like we don't really, again, I, nobody in our society is really taught what to do with negative emotions. 
how to handle them really well. And so it's, I don't think as coaches, anybody's trying to tell our gymnasts that they can't ever cry or experience negative emotion, but we want our athletes to compartmentalize. We want them like, it's okay if you need to cry, just go home and cry. It's okay if you need to cry, just go to the bathroom and cry. Like instead of helping them learn how to process the emotions and then understanding that then that will also give them the fuel for the positive emotions. That well, here's, we, a beautiful, here's a beautiful but, thing about when you're talking, Stacey, I, it, it, it's not that we want a whole team of kids crying. You don't want that as a coach. That's not what we're looking for. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Can you imagine Maybe. that practice? <laughs> it's not an, an ideal situation for a coach to get through practice. However, the more you teach an athlete to process their emotion, the less likely you're going to have athletes on the court, in the gym, yeah. sitting there wanting to cry and they can't help themselves and they start crying and then they feel worse because they're crying and then they feel embarrassed and then they feel rejected. And I, you know, if, if they can learn how to process their emotion, those emotions are super easy to process. They're not going to be building up inside of them where they can't control themselves and they just start crying and you're like, what in the world is wrong with this child? You know? Yeah. yeah and we're, we're going to have some podcasts later with uh, an expert in grief um, named Krista St. Germain. She's coach. And one of the things that she brings up is um, processing emotion is not the same thing as reacting to an emotion. You don't have to react right. to the emotion to process and feel it. So just because you want to cry doesn't mean you have to cry to feel the emotion. It's the art of learning to feel the emotions without having to react to the emotions. Mm. And because we don't know how to do that, instead we try to resist the emotions. And the more we resist them, the more intense they get to where then we just explode when we don't know how. And so what we're trying to set up for you is not like Amy said, a gym full or a, a, a court full of crying kids. Instead, learning how to help your athletes feel their emotions and teaching them how to do that without actually reacting to them. They don't have to cry. They don't have to punch a wall when they're angry. They don't have to cuss when they're angry. They don't have to scream with excitement when they're happy. They can experience and feel that entire range of emotion without ever doing anything external because the experience is an internal one. And then the way that you act out of that is the external that you get to choose. Well, here's the other thing. It's, it's not great timing. You know, when your athletes feeling something, some type of discord and turmoil on the inside. I remember one of my coaches is like, I remember he said, she's a prima donna right now. That's when I was about 16 and I looked at him and I got mad. I, I didn't even know what that meant. I just got mad at him for saying that I was something. And, and I was thinking just now when you were talking that, you know, as coaches, we see really quickly, but the worst timing, imagine your kid, when your kid's upset, that's not when you go up to him and say, why are you upset? They want to just be mad. What you need to do is this is the preventative part. This is what we teach is you want to stay on top of the moments of, hey, you know what to do with this. Go ahead and take 90 seconds. Go take two minutes. You know what to do instead of mm-hmm. why are you upset? Just change your mindset. Just change your thinking. That's not what we want to hear when we're upset. Yeah. So it's very important to do a little bit of prep work along the way. And yeah. it's kind of like preventative injuries. It's preventative emotional pain. Yeah. We're going to teach them how to land. We're going to teach them how to like be safe, how to do it well, so that when they're actually ready to fall, like, you know, you teach in gymnastics, you teach literal little kids how to fall again and again and again, so that when they're older and they actually have a real fall, they know how to do it. And so that's the same thing that Amy's talking about. We're going to teach that. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. the rest of the month on all of that. Let's focus in, pretend that we've all processed our negative emotions and we all know how to do that. Let's talk about generating that positive emotion. Um, Holly, Ryan, I'd love to hear from you guys just some, some experiences that you've had where you've been able to generate the positive fuel that you've needed to really accomplish something that you really wanted to go after. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, um, Ali, do you have one right offhand or should I just jump in? Um, I can go. If, okay. So mine was test taking, actually. I think that this is one, no matter what athlete, a lot of times you're in school and you're taking tests and um, the nerves or the stress of like, oh my gosh, I haven't studied yet, or I haven't written this paper yet and it's due tomorrow or, and it's happening tomorrow. Um, and I would get myself really worked up. And I realized that my relationship with stress is really what was going to help me. So if I viewed stress as a bad thing in that moment, that I was probably going to do worse on my exam and that this stress is so horrible and overtaking me and to avoid the stress, I should definitely take a nap or watch a Netflix show or, you know, whatever it is in that color (laughs) to decrease stress. And then that turned into like, instead of like a five minute relaxing thing to like hours. And then all of a sudden I'm more stressed because now it's been hours and I still haven't studied for the exam that I have the next day or written the paper. And so I was able to generate a more motivating type emotion in a way of, I still didn't study. I couldn't change that. If I was, if it was the night before and I didn't study, I couldn't go back in time and be like, oh, yay, I get to pretend like I studied. (laughs) So I changed into the, I'm actually do amazing under a time crunch. I actually am much better when I have less time, I focus more (laughs) than when I'm more focused, I get my work done to a better quality. And so that was, I would say one of my best ways of making this powerful fuel is I was really able in studying times to tell myself that like I actually do better when I wait to the last minute. Whether or not that was actually true, it didn't matter. But in that moment, I was able to create this really focused, positive fuel to get done what I needed to get done that night. I could finish writing my paper if I had done some procrastination before. And so I think that that's my best example of like creating this powerful fuel because I used to literally crush. I would like, I would be up till like 2, 3 a.m. because I would be so distracted and avoiding doing it and all this stuff. And then when I learned how to create positive fuel, I learned how to just be like, okay, I still have to get this done. I'm actually amazing in moments like this. And then I was really focused and I could do it. Love it. So Ryan, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, for me, I, I'm thinking of particular um, instances of sports where I was on the, on the wrestling team and I had, a, I had a fear of my opponent. I was always afraid of them. I was always afraid that they were going to hurt me and that somehow, some way they were going to twist me into something and I wouldn't be able to breathe or I would, um, you know, they would twist my arm back, dislocate my shoulder or something. I was always afraid that my opponent was going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And so that turned into the um, negative emotions that I couldn't perform. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get hurt here. So I'm just going to back off and let them do whatever they're going to do. Because if I fight, they're going to fight harder and I'm going to get hurt. 
And so what I did at that point is I created an emotional download. I went through and I, I wrote down all the emotions that I felt during a match. And then I connected the reasons I felt those emotions to each one. And I realized that the fear that I was feeling wasn't necessarily the fear of getting hurt. It was the fear of failure. It was the fear of disappointing my dad. Um, and so what I ended up doing, and it was giving me the fuel that I needed, was I would focus on one step at a time. Um, I would one move at a time. So if, uh, if I was in a headlock and I was down on the ground, I knew the move that I needed to do to get out of it. And I just focused on that one thing. That's all I needed, just get out of that one move. And so for me, it was small increments of energy that was just push, 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 push. Instead of focusing on the whole match, I just focused on the next thing that I needed to do. And it gave me the fuel to continue one right after another. So it was just small things for me. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah. I, what are mine very recently has been, um, just some technical things that I was struggling with trying to figure out how to do. I was really intimidated by them and kept thinking like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this, which then would lead to not doing anything <laughs> or to, you know, not really trying it. And, um, but when I started to think about other areas of life that I had figured out really complicated things, I was like, you know what? I can figure out anything. If I figure out that, I can figure out anything, which for me generated this feeling of determination, this feeling of engagement. And, um, and so then I decided that the best fuel for the thing that I was trying to do was curiosity. Like, I wonder what will happen if I try this. I wonder what will happen if I try that. And that curiosity and engagement in the process led me to start trying things without the fear of them failing, because I was just like, I'm just experimenting. I'm just going to see what happens when I try this. And that fuel was really powerful for me. Um, what have been some of the most, like, I think when we think about powerful emotions, we tend to think of confident, determined excited as emotions that we really want to generate. And we can talk about some of those, but apart from some of those, what have been some of your most effective fuel? What's your cleanest fuel? <laughs> the emotions that really fuel you to do the things that you want to do, whether in sports or in other areas of life. I can jump in. Oh, go ahead, go Allie. I was just going to say hopeful. Hopeful is one of my favorite ones because it's maybe something that I'm unsure of still, like I haven't done before, but I'm like super hopeful that I can figure it out. Kind of like Stacy, like, you know, I've done hard things before. Maybe I can do this. So I'm like hopeful that I'm able to do that. And I tend to go right to that one because I can't always be super excited all the time. <laughs> that's true. And Allie, I actually, it's interesting you say that one because that's one that I do not like. I do not <laughs> like feeling hopeful. That is not one that helps me. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because I hear a lot of people, they love hope. I'm like, I don't like hope. <laughs> I love the, for me, I love the, um, the emotion of certainty because I am very certain that I can figure it, like you said, figure it out. So it's the same idea, but it's a different emotion. And that's one of the beautiful things about being emotionally, like increasing your emotional intelligence is understanding what works best for you because hopeful comes from, I can figure this out for Allie, but for me, certainty, the feeling of this is something that is not going to be overtaking me. There's not, there's nothing that's going to 
not be that I'm not capable of doing. So yeah. certainty is the emotion that I go to whenever I'm working on a new goal. Love it. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to give you one that's going to be totally off the wall. One of the emotions that drives me is adventure, mm. having fun. Yes. Um, just focusing on the enjoyment part of it, the adventure and the excitement mm. of whatever I'm doing. Um, so that, that drives me to want to do more and to do better um, because it's exciting, it's fun, it's enjoyable. And I'm enjoying the adventure of the whole, the whole thing. It's not about the win. It's not about the coach, the athletes, my friends. It's about the experience that I'm having and the fun that I'm experiencing while I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing. So it's just that moment and the adventure of the whole thing. Yeah, I love that one, Ryan. I, I think I'm really motivated by that one too, but I didn't realize it until you just said it. Agreed. <laughs> I want to throw in one more one more thought. I think along with the whole idea of negative, we always put those in quotes because we don't really I don't really believe that there's negative, but that some of them are kind of one of the um, examples I've heard is like a uniform. Sometimes kids wear uniforms to school, not because they want to wear uniforms, but because it helps them focus on the things that are gonna get the results they want. Some emotions are like uniforms. Like they, it's not super fun to feel motivated. It just isn't, but it is fun to see some progress in different ways. So motivation, determination, even confidence, confidence isn't always a fun feeling. So I think that a lot of those emotions that are more like in my mind, uniforms for another purpose are very productive emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Courage comes to mind. Yeah. Like we mm -hmm. always want to feel courageous, but courage actually feels kind of terrible. Uh-huh. Like, it's, like your is literally, I'm going to do it anyways, even though I'm really scared. Yes. And so it's the feeling of scared, which isn't a fun feeling that most, I mean, some people love to feel scared. I hate to feel scared. <laughs> so it's the feeling of scared and the feeling of like determination. I'm going to do it no matter what. Neither of those are like fun feelings, but we often are like, I want to be courageous. I want to feel courage. Do you really? Exactly. <laughs> but I think I love the idea of a uniform of like, it's not that it feels great to put it on, but it gets the purpose done. And so looking for those emotions that may not be the ones that feel as fun, but that are going to be the ones that actually fuel you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think something else that comes with that is kind of the idea of um, acceptance and um I can't think of a better word, but maybe even like self-love and value that like, so these ideas of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like, I am going to win this meet. I am going to crush this game and it's okay if I don't, you know, I think that, that having those feelings together of those feelings of like belief that you can do it and belief in yourself and, and, and that, but also a value and a love of, but everything isn't riding on this. Like even at the Olympics, like people go to the Olympics all the time and lose. And you know what? They have fantastic lives afterwards. <laughs> you know, like everything in life is not riding on this competition. This isn't going to make or break the rest of your life or your value as who you are or people's love of you. And so being able to like, I think also generate a feeling of, of acceptance or of, of value or of love can produce this kind of like calm 
focus, calm confidence, calm assurance, like that, that's, I feel like the most powerful fuel to compete from. Yeah. There you, you guys experience that. Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to spend a lot of time this month talking about the, what Amy said, quote unquote, negative emotions. And the reason we say like, there's not negative emotions and positive emotions because negative emotions don't mean negative results. Negative emotions, we just are ones that we tend to not like the experience of feeling. We tend to wish that we didn't have to experience those, that, those feelings in our body. They're, um, vibrations in our body that we find unpleasant when we experience them. Um, and that's okay. The human experience is 50% positive and 50% negative. You're the human experience has the full range and we want to experience the full range. And, um, we find that most athletes and coaches are really focused on the positive emotions and, on generating those kinds of emotions. Um, and so we're gonna spend a lot of time on how to deal with the ones that we don't want to experience and how to process mm -hmm. them and talk with a lot of different people about their experiences of that. I think especially this month, it's, or this month, this year, this year has brought up for a lot of people, a lot of really heavy emotions that are hard to feel. And so we really want to address that and talk about that. But we wanted to start off with with this. And it's the idea that you, you get to choose what you're thinking about. You get to choose what feeling you're allowing to be in your body. And when you want that fuel, that's going to help you get things done. You get to choose if you want to move to thoughts that would generate that fuel for you and doing the work to figure out what some of those emotions are that really power you to the things that you want to accomplish. And then doing the work to on purpose, think about them on purpose, work on generating them. They don't just happen. Our brains love to find the problems and go to the negative. And so you have to supervise your brain and be like, no, no, right now we're actually focusing on this. And then your brain's going to go back and you're gonna be like, no, no, we're actually focusing on this, but it is something that you can do again and again to really create the results that you want in your life. And for coaches, it's something that you can help your athletes do, but it's important not to do it in a way that dismisses the negative emotion because it's a little bit like putting bad fuel in a, in a, I don't want to say bad, but having fuel in a car that is not the correct fuel and won't really help it run, like adding more of the right fuel doesn't fix the problem. You have to flush out the fuel that isn't for that car before adding the right fuel will help it to run. You can't just like add fuel, a good fuel on top of um, fuel that doesn't work and still expect the car to run. It still won't run. And so you got to flush out all of the negative emotion and, and learn how to process it. Again, that doesn't mean reacting to it, but learn how to process and feel it. So that then your body has so much room to experience the positive emotion that will fuel you to what you want. Any final thoughts from anyone else? Like, no, it's love that. Good. That's great. great. No traditional gas and a diesel. <laughs> yeah. No I almost did that the other day. I pull oh, up God. to the pumps in my truck and I like put I put the gas thing in. I'm like, wait, that's not green. 
<laughs> it was the wrong one. So I went back up. I almost made that mistake. So don't be like Ryan. <laughs> yeah, don't be like me. No matter what you do, don't be like me. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys, we will be talking to you next week. Have a great week in the meantime. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.